you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing away from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Happy draft week. We're just a couple days away from uh, finally kicking this thing off. I'm ready. We're going to have actual sports that didn't happen 14 years ago on television, which is going to be great. I I feel like this is going to be the most watched draft in any professional sport ever. Not only because there are no sports, but this is going to be a very bizarre draft uh, in terms of everyone's at home sort of chilling out hanging at home doing their thing trying to figure out how to work a computer hoping that (laughs) chaos doesn't ensue so it's going to be huge no doubt yeah we all love a good train wreck so i think everybody there's going to be a lot of people tuning in just for that factor just anticipating something going wrong because i mean you know this is what we live for nowadays (laughs) it's reality tv right i mean it's like 90 day fiance i i don't like to admit it but i watch the damn show and i've been watching it for a long time and it's because i want to watch the train wrecks like this season it's like that guy david 
the one Maybe. that yeah for, that goes to the Ukraine and calls <laughs> a, a woman that he's never met his girlfriend for seven years, and he uh, doesn't even have her phone number. By the way, uh, nope. that's the definition of a train wreck. And hopefully, the NFL draft does not become the uh, ninety day fiance version of David. I guess no, but man, it would create a whole lot of interesting things on Twitter if it did. Yeah, oh, so. Twitter's going to be unreal. Oh, It'll be entertainment. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready. Say, Kids say it's going to be lit. Yeah. Um, speaking of the draft, we will finish out our previews with the wide receivers. They're sort of the headliners in this group offensively. So we'll uh, kind of break them down into tiers because there's quite a few of them to talk about. So we'll try to get through uh, as many as possible. Um, got some news headlines as well. But before we do that, talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's new? Uh, I think I finally come peace with who I want the Giants to take on Thursday and they have to go defense. They have to take Isaiah Simmons. That is my pick. I'll put on the record right now. Uh, Tuesday morning, Giants must take Isaiah Simmons. No, no Tristan Wirfs, huh? The, my mental exercise that I've done is this. If the Giants O-line stays the way it is, they could win ball games. If the Giants defense stays the way it was from like last year, that's not a winning defense. So I think that is my factor of why I think they have to go um, <clears throat> defense there. Also, the draft is very deep at offensive line. They could definitely pick one up later in the draft. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So there we go. Let's uh, dive into these wide receivers. But first, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's the news. Well, something that was uh, buzzing around Twitter a day or two ago, the Jaguars have said they are holding talks to try and move Leonard Fournette. Uh, I mean, Fabs, Fournette was very productive last year, uh, had his best year as a receiver for for the Jacksonville offense. But it appears that they have sort of worn tired of just his off-field presence uh, being late to meetings and just not putting in the work that they expect him to put in. So it looks like they're going to try and trade him. I my first question is where who is who's going to be a taker at this point for a guy who look, has still still has some ability but comes with a pretty high price tag as well. Right. I mean, and, and that's the question. Uh, who's going to take him, especially, you know, with the sort of, you know, off field stuff. Um, there's reports out there that the Buccaneers aren't going to be a taker for them. You know, I, I've heard the Chiefs thrown out there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Marcus. Why would you trade for Fournette when the running back class is so deep uh, right. in the in this class? So, I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing as like, who's going to sign Devonte Freeman? Who's going to sign Carlos Hyde? They're all going to wait until we see what happens in this draft. Jaguars uh, as a team, they, they're kind of a soap opera right now because mm-hmm. you've got Fournette with his situation. You got uh, Yannick and Gakwe. The whole arguing shots. <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, the Jaguars are are. Uh, sort of kind of a joke at, the, at this point right now because they've got so much drama going on and hell there's there's no OTAs there's nothing but just drama all over the place I mean Fournette was a nice back he wasn't efficient as a receiver he only had three touchdowns he's still young I don't I don't know I don't know who I mean you, you always like to think you know where did he come from so you know he's a guy who came out of LSU maybe the Saints would be interested probably not but mm. I I I, don't, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I think the Jaguars will probably draft uh, a compliment to Fournette if they can't trade him. So inevitably, his value could sort of decline compared to last season. And only the only reason he was valuable last year, let's be honest, is that he caught he caught seventy yeah. balls over seventy balls. That was it. He didn't score. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, it, it is. 
it's really interesting because look, obviously we, we've talked about the value of, of running backs and how teams view them now. And obviously Leonard Fournette doesn't have nearly the same value he did when he came out uh, out of LSU and was in the draft. And so I'm, I'm, you know, he's sort of the Jaguars are in a sort of a, a tough spot because teams know they want to move him. Um, but you're right. Nobody's going to take on that contract. Nobody's going to take on the potential headache of, of what he is off the field. So this is going to be an interesting standoff. And if the Jaguars do move him, it's going to be for literally pennies on the dollar. Um, and, and you're right. His fantasy value is going to take a hit because he, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking he's going to walk into a job where he's going to be the number one guy uh, and get the same kind of workload. So, yeah, man, it, it, it's more of the same for running backs. Don't, you know, <laughs> mamas, don't let your don't let your sons grow up to be running backs because they're going to be underappreciated and undervalued if they get to the NFL. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, of course, this is draft season, as we've talked about, and there's always draft buzz going on. Uh, this Look, I'm, I'm filing this one under smokescreen, but, you know, I think it's interesting. The Giants reportedly doing their homework on Justin Herbert. Now, let's all remember, obviously, that the Giants used the number six pick last season on Daniel Jones with the idea of making him the quarterback of the future if he took over for Eli Manning. So I... I'm not I'm not really buying this. I think this is a way to try and maybe get some teams to to consider trading up with the with the Giants. I I just I can't imagine a world where they they go out and they draft another quarterback one year after getting Jones, right? Hell no. And if they did, Eddie's <laughs> head would explode. We can't have that happen. No, they're not going to Listen, yeah, smokescreen. Absolutely. They they're, they're going to go defense or they're going to go and improve that offensive line, one of the two. Daniel Jones I like him. I've been talking about him all offseason as as this year's big sleeper quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be tremendous. Um, he won't be Lamar Jackson, but he'll be pretty damn good based on the value uh, and the price tag that you're gonna you're gonna have to pay for him either in auction or in the draft. <laughs> Honestly, like I, in every year, this happens. There's always these quarter. <laughs> there's always these quarterbacks that everyone gets all excited about. And I, I posted a tweet uh, earlier in the week. First round quarterbacks typically stink. Okay, like you get you have your exceptions. You have mm-hmm. your hands and you know you you have your guys who have come out, you know, RG3 had one good season, that was about it. You you have guys who have come out Andrew Luck, etc. The majority of these guys, if you look back to like 2010 and even further than that, but I'll only go back to 2010, typically they bust. Justin Herbert, I get it. Big dude, okay? A lot of potential. Name mm-hmm. me the last Oregon quarterback who is any good in the NFL. His name is Dan Fouts. Yeah, he had, probably. He played in the 70s. <laughs> I mean, like, for, for, for the Ducks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, like I don't I don't believe this is going to happen. There's also uh, some rumors around that, that that the Giants might be looking to deal Evan Ingram possibly to the 49ers, uh, and, and that would be an interesting pairing. George Kittle and Evan Ingram on the field together there in San Francisco, that would be kind of mind-blowing. But I, I think mostly this is just the Giants trying to dangle something out there, seeing if maybe a team will panic and look to make a deal to try to move up and get either Herbert or Tua, whichever one the, they feel like is the best potential guy. Mm-hmm. Um in the division, your beloved Cowboys, Fabs, uh, reportedly are looking to deal for a slot receiver. The names that were floated out there were Christian Kirk and Marquise Goodwin. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of smoke here. I don't know how much fire other than it just seems to me to be saying, hey, the Cowboys want to add a good player, which, you know, I think that applies to 32 teams in the league. But I, I mean, if they do that, does this mean they're all in on Dak if they're really trying to do this thing? 
they have to be all in on Dak. Where else are they going to go? I mean, <laughs> so, and the Cowboys need a wide receiver. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen mock drafts where they've gotten Lamb and Judy, which I don't know how the hell that's going to happen. Not not at where they're picking. Right. But remember, Randall Cobb is now in Houston. The Cowboys ran around 67% of their plays last year out of 11 personnel. So, and, and that was, that was, you know, close to the top um, of the league. They need a wide receiver. They're going to draft a wide receiver or they're going to trade for one. And I would rather it be Christian Kirk. His price will be higher than Marquise Goodwin, of course. But that would make something else very interesting, Marcus. If the Cowboys were able to acquire Christian Kirk, that would mean that the Cardinals would be in the market for a wide receiver and a certain C.D. Lamb who uh, played where in college? <laughs> at Oklahoma with and Kyler Murray. And also played college right. ball at Oklahoma? Yep, yep, yep. That so, might be fun. And then they have uh, then they have Andy Isabella who could who could sort of move up the depth chart. Oh, that could be fun. But the, the as, reports as the Cowboys been, that, we need a slot receiver. So I mean yeah, no the, the, the reports have been that Kyler Murray has been pushing hard uh for, for the Cardinals to draft C D Lamb. Um so you know, we'll see if this happens. Uh I I'm I, again I'm sort of pushing this out here is more of a smoke screen to the, the Cowboys just kind of trying to, to see what sort of interest they can drum up. Uh, if there's more definitive things that will come out that that I think will be, will be kind of interesting. Uh, Lions general manager, Bob Quinn says, Matthew Stafford is quote, good to go for 2020. Missed nearly all of last season with injuries. Um, I mean, look, for years, Stafford has been like, I always call it the patron saint of the church of weight on a quarterback. Um, and last year, when he was healthy, he played really, really well at the start of the season. Then he got hurt, and they went through David Blau and, and a number of other quarterbacks, what have you. Uh, I mean, if he's back, I feel like he slots right back into being that guy you're probably drafting in, like, round you know, 10, 11, and you know, plugging him in when the matchup works, right? Yeah, I, he was underrated. He, he was one of uh, only a few quarterbacks who averaged over 20 points per game last season. Mm-hmm. And I believe he got – eight starts, uh, some, something like that. Um, he was, he was very effective, you know, in 19 touchdowns and five picks, he's got two really good wide receivers. He's got an up and coming tight end and TJ Hawkinson. I kind of feel like the lions are going to draft a pass catching running back too to compliment carry on Johnson because he's proven he can't be the guy, uh, mm-hmm. from a durability standpoint. So he's going to have weapons and Stafford's not going to be a top 10 quarterback in drafts. He's going to end up being somewhere, 11, 12, 13, sort of in a lot of rankings, the position, total value, and a player who had seen his value decrease going into last season because in 2018 his numbers were kind of eh. But that was really the outlier. He, he's he's almost always been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So, And any rumors that the Lions are going to draft a QB, I mean, I don't know why they would I, do that. but. I think they might, but I don't think it's going to be early. I mean, I think they may go, you know, like sure, late day two, sure. day three, kind of get a guy. Because, I mean, Stafford is, you know, he, he's getting up there. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he's old, but he's getting older. So I do think they're going to at least start to to kick the tires on a quarterback. But I don't think I don't think they're drafting their quarterback of the future uh, this year. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears cut tied in Trey Burton after two seasons. Could never really stay healthy. Was never really productive. So that means they're down to what, like nine tight ends now there in Chicago. <laughs> know, <right>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How excited are you to draft Jimmy Graham now? No, uh, not at all. <laughs> I mean, so I went from all. like, not at all excited to slightly less, not at all excited. Like, yeah, I exactly. Uh, yeah. And um, it sucks too, because Trey actually remember when he signed with the bears, everyone mm-hmm. was like, Oh, 
That offense, Travis Kelsey yep. put up some numbers. I'm starting to sound like Damashek now all of a sudden. What the hell was that? <laughs> but, but Burton Burton did not live up to expectations. He'll he'll land someplace, but yeah. unfortunately, um he he was more of a disappointment than anything else in his short time in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it just it just never quite worked out. So uh best of luck to him. We'll see where he lands. Who knows? And that I guess only very slightly clears up the muddled tight end picture there in Chicago. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. Well, that was the news. All right. Time to talk some wide receivers. So I sort of broke these down into groups. I've got our top tier guys, our next level guys, some guys I consider to be wild cards. And then the guys who are like the late risers, who in the last couple of weeks have started to get a lot more buzz. So let's start at the top. Obviously, uh, three names that everybody's talking about at the top of the draft for wide receivers. C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Uh, I feel like you know, for most people, Lamb and Judy are kind of one and two with Ruggs sort of like just behind. Do you have a particular order that you expect these guys to go off the board? So I feel like Lamb's going to go off first. He'll be the first wide receiver drafted. And I, he, he he certainly – I mean, if, if the Cardinals deal Kirk and suddenly they're in the market and we know Kyler is really pressing to get CeeDee Lamb, he could go eighth overall as high as eighth. I don't know that he'll fall past the Jets and the Raiders at 11 and 12. And mm-hmm. certainly the 49ers would never pass on him at 13. But to me, he is the he is the best chance for a a team to grab a true number one. I, I mean, you look at his numbers in college, average over 21 yards per catch, had 14 touchdowns in his final season with the Sooners. He played with Baker Mayfield. He played with Murray, as we've mentioned. You know, he's a big play deep threat. He could take the top off of defense. Um, I, I've seen tape on him that game against UCLA where he made that ridiculous catch that like is <laughs> as good or better than anything that we've ever seen from Odell Beckham Jr. Right. He is somebody's future number one wide receiver. And I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I'd love to see him go to Arizona and Kirk go to Dallas selfishly. But if he goes to the Jets, he's going to be their number one. If he goes to the Raiders, he's going to be their number one. Uh, I, I wouldn't think that he'd be there for the 49ers at 13, though. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, I've seen some mocks where that happens where the Jets go maybe offensive line or something like that at 11. Um, You know, I think look, we kind of put a list of best landing spots, right? And like Jets, Raiders, Niners picking 11, 12, 13, all in the market for any one of these three guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rugs, the Broncos, I've seen the Eagles. You mentioned that uh, on our list here that the Eagles might move up to get Henry Ruggs. I feel like Ruggs is sort of of this group kind of the I don't want to say wild card but he's the guy because he's got blazing speed is the one thing that everybody mentions about him um but a guy who I think has a a a high ceiling maybe even a I won't say a higher ceiling than the other two but a guy who I think you know has the potential I think to, to really be a breakout player early on especially in the right system he seems to have been plugged into the Broncos for a really long time but there are other teams that seem to be kind of making a move toward Henry Ruggs so he's the guy that I think you know while everybody obviously is looking at Lamb and Judy Ruggs, I think, is a sneaky guy who, at least in redraft leagues, could end up making a, an impact. I mean, I, I think that all, I think all three of these guys are, are impact players in redraft leagues. I think Ruggs is maybe the guy that, you know, everybody looks at third, but ends up being just as good, if not better, potentially in his first year than those other two guys. Yeah. And, and let's hope that this trend of first round wide receivers sucking ends <laughs> with this true. very impressive class. Let's hope. That's that is very true. That is a thing that, you know, I feel like we're not talking a lot about maybe because we don't want to speak it into existence. Um, I should have said anything. 
Yeah, but the number of first round wide receivers has not been great. The hit rate has not been good on no, them lately. No. Um, who has who do you think has the most upside this year of these three guys? So I if I'm talking from a fantasy perspective, I'm going CD Lamb because I think he has mm-hmm. the potential to be a number one. Like Jerry Judy, I don't know that he's a number one. I think he's a one A, uh, a okay. guy who played a lot out of slot uh in in his in his time in the final season there with the Crimson Tide. I mean, he he's effective after the catch. He's a threat to score anytime he touches the football, but I, I, I don't see like I, I people are going to compare him to Calvin Ridley before they compare him to like Julio Jones, just to use Atlanta's mm-hmm. wide receivers as an example. So I feel like he is, he is a one a in an offense where I feel like CD lamb could be a one V one and, you know, lead a team in targets for a long time into the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, I think, uh, I think for Judy, I won't say it depends on where he lands. I think he has the talent to be successful pretty much most anywhere. But I do think, you know, if he is forced into a situation where he has to be the guy right away, maybe that that learning curve gets a little bit steeper for him. Um, and, and I know we keep putting the Jets here. I just just for the good of everybody involved, I just want I don't I don't want to see really good players go to the Jets anymore. Like I just don't <laughs> want them. Wait, 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 I, wait. To the to, to the Jets or to Adam Gase? Which one? To Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it's to Adam Gase. You know, if there was somebody else there that were running the offense, I would feel differently about it. I just I know we keep mocking and it's very it's very possible, right? Lamb, Judy, one of these guys could end up going to the Jets. Mm-hmm. I just that would make me sad. I was on with uh, <laughs> I was on uh, Fox Sports Radio last night with my pal Jason Smith, who's a huge Jets fan. Mm-hmm. And I and what I do is I go on that show and I just I, I just squeeze his shoes. I break his stones and uh, about the Jets and the Mets. But their first round picks, the Jets. Oh, my God. I mean, you want to talk about awful. Oh, I mean, oh, we don't know about yeah. Darnold yet, but awful. And I think the, the the two wide receivers they drafted in the first round that were halfway decent. Well, Keyshawn was was one. Right. But he wasn't a superstar uh, by any stretch of the imagination. He was a good receiver. And like right. Santana Moss, I think that was it. Like, that. yeah. <laughs> so the trend has not been good for the Jets in terms of wide receivers or any position in the first round. And then when you throw, you know, Adam Gase, you know, with his eyeballs looking at tacos all day long. I mean, <laughs> that, that might, if, if uh, the Jets draft a wide receiver, does that hurt his dynasty league value? Like, right. assuming, that, assuming that Gase is there for a little bit. Oh, boy. Um. Any one of these guys would you consider to be top 50 picks in redraft leagues or are they all outside the top 50? Yeah, no, outside I, all mm-hmm. the running backs and we're, you know, we've talked about them, but the running backs are certainly going to be in the mix depending on where they go, like Jonathan Taylor and, and DeAndre Swift, but mm-hmm. rookie wide receivers. Eh, I mean, even CD lamb, like, I mean, if he goes to the jets, he'll, he'll probably be the first receiver off the board from that core of, of, uh, of wideouts, right. Uh, for gang. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he ain't going to yeah. be a top 50 pick. There's right. Like, yeah. Right, I, right. I wouldn't see that. All right. Uh, moving on to the next level of guys. So I put in this next level, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, T Higgins, all sort of like bigger wide receivers too. Mm-hmm. Um, of those three is Jefferson, the one who's the most pro ready. Uh, yeah. is, he, is that the greatest step on right now and be a productive guy, you think? Yeah, I mean, really good hands. Uh, catch radius is really good. He makes tough catches. He's got really good body control. Uh, he's got good acceleration. Uh, he's he, he's a tough blocker, too. Like, when I've watched him on, on tape, I mean, he, he's not afraid to get in there and block. I don't think he's as good as Odell Beckham Jr., but, I mean, I've seen people mm-hmm. compare him to Odell Beckham Jr. and somewhat – I mean, he's come out and had some huge games for LSU. Of course, I mean, when your quarterback throws for 60 touchdowns, I guess, as you're not <laughs> right. uh, one of your top options, he's going to have. So, 
Jefferson's not going to end up being like a top 15 pick. I think he's a guy who falls to like, say, the Vikings uh, late in the draft, uh, late in the first round of the draft, or potentially Philadelphia, maybe the Saints, because, I mean, I know they signed Emmanuel Sanders, but he's 33. So right. there's some there's some teams in the second half of that first round that you're going to see. I think you're going to see a run in, in the top you know, 12. You're probably going to see a run starting potentially with – could be with the Cardinals, or then it'll go to the Jets, Raiders, Niners. Uh, and then in the second half of the first round, you're going to see another little bit of a run on wide receivers, and it's probably going to start with Justin Jefferson. Um, so I, I I'm going to go with my, so Michael Pittman here, right? I just, I just want to talk. Oh, Michael here's Pittman. here he you know, goes, Eddie. Because you know, He's because over. you know why? Because I, you know why I want to talk about I, Michael Pittman. Um, look, I I think I think he's a obviously a very good wide receiver, and this is just me speaking. Obviously, trying to be objective here too. My my. My big argument for him is that he was a guy who last year had to play with three different quarterbacks. Uh, SC went through a number of quarterbacks because of injury. JT Daniel gets hurt in the first game. Keaton Slovis, aka the Kurt Warner protege, uh, you know, jumps in there and 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 actually plays really well. All things considered, being a true freshman to have to jump in at last minute and and play well, I thought I think he did well. Then he got hurt a couple of times, so Matt Fink has to come in. And through it all, Pittman remained sort of professional and, and was out there ready to play. A guy who runs solid routes. I think he's another guy who's not necessarily spectacular in any one area, but I think he's very fundamental in a lot of areas. Um, and look, I think look, I think this counts for something. Having a father who played professional football and can kind of show you the ropes of what it takes to succeed on the next level, I think is going to kind of play into it. I've seen him mock to Tampa. Um I think it's a hard place to necessarily come in and be an immediate impact player. But I think in yeah. terms of learning the game and learning to be a pro, I mean, being around Tom Brady, being around two guys like Godwin and Mike Evans, who have done it for a couple of years now, I think it's a good spot for him to land. Um, I don't know. Is there, is there somewhere better? Is there something else you see for Michael Pittman no, that could be productive for him this year? I mean, I think that too. Um, I think he, you know, he projects to maybe kind of like a big physical slot receiver. He does have to work on his route running, but that can be fixed at the next level. And he doesn't have breakaway speed, but he's athletic. He's got really good hands. Um, he 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 needs a, he needs an opportunity, and especially in that Buccaneers offense. Listen, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to throw the ball a ton, and guess who's going to be the quarterback? Tom Brady, the goat. So yeah. we're not talking about Tom Brady ten years ago, but he's still Tom Brady. And assuming that Tampa Bay, and I would think Tampa Bay would probably go with offensive line in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. If Pittman projects to be a day two player, which he does second or third round. That could be possible. Now, I also think the Buccaneers need to draft a running back. And I think running right. back is a bigger need than, um, you know, than wide receiver. Although for you, mm-hmm. you may flip. You may, you know, Niners, you you got, hell, if he goes to the Bucks, you got, you got your guy Pittman there. You got your guy Ronald Jones there. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> Georgia's fans would be loving that Buccaneers offense, but yeah, he, he's certainly got some upside. He, he's got some work to do in certain aspects, but um, the Buccaneers would be a good fit because, again, you know, Perriman's no longer in the mix. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's a guy, again, we, we talk about some of these other top tier guys and where they have to go for their best fit. I think Pittman's a guy who kind of needs to, to he, he's never going to be a guy who's going to be a number one. He's going to need some guys around him. Right. Um, yeah in order to be successful T Higgins, you know, at the start of the draft season, he was like a name that was hot. Then he hit a lull where he was kind of started to fall down draft boards. Now I think he's kind of coming back up draft boards. Uh, you got to have him going either the Eagles or Vikings. who I think are our two teams that, yeah. that could use wide receivers. Honestly, I feel like whoever goes to the Eagles, 
may be the most fantasy, not most fantasy relevant, but will have a lot of relevance right away just because the Eagles are so hurting for wide receivers right now. Yeah, I and, and you know Alshon Jeffrey, you know what, what's what's the situation with him? Who knows? Um, right. right, exactly, Deshaun Jackson. But Higgins, number one, he he's uh, coming from wide receiver you Clemson, mm-hmm. and he he is a big guy. He's like a true X receiver. You know, he's not he's not like super super fast, but you know he's kind of sneaky fast. He's long strider, a good route runner. I think the the one thing that sort of stood out to me, and he's he's very athletic, um, a, a guy who who could potentially be very good at contested uh, catches. I uh, was in mm. college, but when they played against uh, when he played against uh, Jeff Okuda, um, he didn't do all that much. And Okuda is the considered the top corner in the draft. So, uh, you know, he, he's still got some work to do. He's not a physical guy, but Clemson pedigree and potentially someone who could turn into, you know, a, a number one at the next level. Um. Any of these guys worth, and, and uh, yeah, obviously, considering if they land in the right spot, any of these guys worth some redraft value right now? Or are these mostly dynasty? No, guys? yeah, Jefferson. I think Jefferson, Higgins, Pittman. I don't know. It depends on where he lands. Honestly, I mean, right. right. So Pittman, maybe not, but it depends on landing spot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Laviska Chenault. He's another player um, who people are talking about as potentially maybe getting a late first round draft grade, maybe the Packers go after him. Right. That could mm-hmm. potentially happen. So the, some, some of these guys are going to get drafted in traditional fantasy based on just their skill set alone and, and the upside that mm-hmm. they bring. There'll be late round picks. Other guys, they need to land in the right spot where there's, where there's a vast number of opportunities for them to potentially thrive as rookies. All right, so you mentioned LaVisca Chenault. I mean, I've got him in that next group. He and Brian Edwards and sort of what I'm calling the wild cards because they're guys who mm-hmm. can do some things, maybe aren't getting as much buzz as some of the other guys, but I think are talented. Chenault's one because, uh, you know, like I said, I watch a lot of Pac-12 football, no surprise. Uh, I got to see as he was playing at Colorado and really in Boulder was was literally a do-it-all guy, right? He was yeah. a wide receiver that would line up in different places. And occasionally they put him in the backfield uh, yep. and let him run the football. He might not be there for the Vikings or they just may not have an interest, but I feel like he could fit there, especially with them losing Stefan Diggs and them not apparently trading for Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know if they're creative enough to use him in that way, especially if they want to run the football, but I like him to the Vikings. You've got him uh, staying potentially in the division, going to the Packers uh, as one of your best fits for him. Yeah. Packers need to get a wide receiver. Like I know they signed Devin Funches, but it's Devin. Uh, Funches. Uh, so <laughs> it, it would be nice for him to be able to learn from Devontae Adams. Uh, as you mentioned, he's like he's a big physical player. He's got a really strong build. Uh, he lined up in the, in the backfield for Colorado last season. You mentioned that they used him on jets, jet sweeps. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. He's got good hands. Uh, I think where he needs to work on his, his game is as a route runner. He's not really fast. Uh, he's not a vertical threat, clearly. But um mm-hmm. There's upside there. And then you, you also have to worry about durability too, uh, as well with, with Chenault. So, because when you're, when you're a physical receiver like that, I mean, we've seen, we've seen guys like that uh, get nicked up. So uh, durability has got to, got to be better for him to, to thrive at the next level. Yeah, Brian Edwards, uh, a guy who played four years uh, at South Carolina. Yeah, well, and, he started you know, when he was 17 years old. What were you doing yeah. when you were 17 years old? You were trying to buy beer. 
That's what you were trying to do. Uh, That's what I, was trying to, I was trying to buy beer. Although, look at how I look right now at 46 <laughs> years old. You think I was going to get beer at 17? No, nah, hell no. I knew I wasn't. I, I knew that I wasn't going to. I was thinking at 17 years like old, this guy actually had a pretty good season, man. Yeah. Right? Uh, so he did. No, absolutely he did. So here's the thing. So I, this is going to be an interesting kind of uh, – study case study here right because and i wish i had you know i tried to look it up and i couldn't find it yesterday somebody actually kind of was going through the recent history of receivers who stayed four years in college and then went to the nfl and it wasn't great but edwards is a guy who was very productive during his time at south carolina so i'm just kind of i'm interested to kind of watch this case study of you know whether that wins out or if the the gravitational pull of other guys like him sort of wins out i know every guy is sort of different but it's interesting to watch because he's a guy who, again, sort of like Chenault, can do a lot of different things, maybe isn't great at any one thing, maybe needs some work on some different things, but a guy who, in the right situation, can be a nice secondary receiver. And you're talking about maybe yep. this is definitely a late round, end of draft sort of uh, redraft pick, but maybe with some mm-hmm. long-term dynasty upside here. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably would have had 1,000 yards this past season, but he got hurt. He injured his knee, and then he he busted his foot before the combine, so – that's you know that sort of went against him as well, and you can't have a pro day because hello coronavirus. Can't have pro days, but right? <laughs> people will say the QB play was crap at South Carolina, so that that sort of brought him down. But certainly has potential, as you mentioned. He's not going to be a, a day one or day two guy, but somebody to keep your eye on. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so that brings us to what I'm calling the late risers, the guys who have gotten a lot of buzz recently. Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State, Jalen Rager from TCU, Denzel Mims from Baylor. Uh, Ayuk, uh, you've got Eagles, Packers, Vikings, Ravens. Uh, we got, I we mean, got it's Eagles, a lot Packers, of the same really teams, cool. man, you know, right. so. Right. Yeah. Um, Denzel Mims is maybe the most interesting of the snakes because he seems to be the guy that everybody has been talking about for the last yep. week or so. I've even mm-hmm. seen some situations where yeah, people talk about him, maybe not creeping into the first round, but becoming an early second round guy. I, I've seen uh, him late first round, Marcus. I, I've seen. Wow. Okay. I've seen, yeah, I have seen that. Um, okay. So it's possible. I mean, he was really good at the combine. Um, I, I know scouts that that I talked to um, that said that you know he may have improved his stock more than any other wide receiver at the combine. Uh, he tied for the third fastest 40 time. He was eighth or better in in uh, in four other drills. He was no worse than 14th and uh, the other three. There, there's teams out there that could that could absolutely uh, use this kid. And you know, I, I mentioned you know the Eagles uh, uh, could could potentially go after him. The Packers, the Jets, Broncos, all the teams that are looking for that potential playmaker. Now, Mims is not going to end up being a guy who gets taken in the top 15. But as I mentioned, late first round potentially second round uh, at, at worst would be mm-hmm. where he goes. A lot of people have been really high on him. I'm like, I'm not saying that he's, he's been like, remember last year when, when fantasy Twitter was all over Hakeem Butler and everyone <laughs> loved Hakeem <laughs> Butler. Oh, Hakeem <laughs> Butler's going to go and, and, and be a sleeper. And he, and, and never got and on the field. That was, that was, I didn't hear anything from him because he went to Arizona and they had a hundred receivers there. I, I think, I think this guy's, he he's he might be this year's Hakeem Butler in terms of the hype, in terms of some wide receiver whose value is increasing the most. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he doesn't end up having a rookie season like Hakeem Butler did. So yeah, um, Brandon Ayuk was another one who was like getting a whole lot of buzz, and then he had mm-hmm. surgery, core muscle surgery, uh, yeah. like a, a week or two ago. Uh, I would think that that knocks him down draft boards just a little bit, but he was another guy who I think Fabs looks people look at 
as a project with the potential to be something uh, even better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously we said some of the same things last year about Nikhil Harry, also from Arizona State, and that's still very much a work in progress. So I, yeah. you know, I, I I hate to lump two guys in together, but I feel like Ayuk is kind of, in a lot of ways, sort of that guy, a guy with a lot of potential. Uh, but still needs some work in order to kind of be consistently productive at the NFL level. Yeah, and people have to keep in mind, I mean, if you've been playing fantasy football for any extended period of time, you know, like for every A.J. Brown, you know, there's 10 Laquan Treadwells. Like, I mean, right. you know, it just, I mean, it, it, that that's football, especially lately with these first-run wide receivers I've mentioned mm-hmm. on earlier on the show. So, listen, you know, Ayuk is a guy who's got potential. He could be explosive as a return man as well, so he could be used, utilized on special teams, and he will be at the next level. He could end up going late, depends on where he goes, but very likely in redrafts, late round or not at all. A lot of these players that we're talking about are going to be more uh, dynasty-centric. Yeah. Um, Jalen Rager, just to talk about him briefly too, another guy uh, who went to TCU. uh, That offense at at its best is incredibly explosive. Um, I I know that TCU receivers lately haven't necessarily uh, had the best Oh, I got one. Oh, Oh, ask, please go ask ahead. Redskins fans. <laughs> ask Redskins uh, fans about TCU receivers. Dope. Yeah. It just, it, it, you know, and you start, so it's, you start to wonder because you, know, you have these guys coming out from this program where, you know, there's been at least some constant when it comes to coaching and scheme and what have you, whether or not it is that scheme that makes them successful on one level and has problems, they have problems translating it to the next level. But I know Rager's a guy that people love his athleticism. They love what he did production wise uh, at TCU. I will say that I, kind of approach it with a little bit of caution just because mm-hmm. of some of the guys that, that came before him. I don't know. That's just, yeah. Me. And, and you got to give him, you got to, a lot of these guys too. And you know, not everyone is like super plugged into college football if you're an NFL fan, but you also have to look at, you know, who's throwing these guys the football, right? Right. I mean, if you have a trash quarterback at the college level or you're not playing in an offense that is going to be conducive to you producing big numbers, then, you know, Maybe you're going to slide under the radar a little bit. So Rager's a guy that that there's there's been some hype around him too as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, How about the Colts for him? The Colts could that could make some sense too. Thing. I feel like the Colts are going to be in the market for a wide receiver as well. Maybe not in the first round, but they're going to be in the right. market for a wide receiver. Yeah, I think there's some some sneaky teams in here. I think the Colts are one. I know you you mentioned the Ravens because they could Ravens. use some wide receiver help. Um, yeah. You know, Marquise Brown. Yeah, obviously still. He was a he's a big play guy, but just wasn't consistent. They need some wide receivers to put around Lamar yeah. Jackson there. Um, I mean, if the Eagles don't get a wide receiver, then th- that's just malpractice. At this I mean, point. you think they, they have to. You would think they have to. Right. Um, you know, I also think, you know, maybe the Jaguars go out and get a guy. Uh, maybe not. In the oh, first yeah, because they rounds. just cut your guy. Marquise just, Lee. Yeah, they just released Marquise Lee. Uh, you know, I, they need some wide receiver help as well. I mean, obviously DJ Chark played really well, but beyond do, that, do, there's do, just a lot do, of do, right? just just some inconsistency there. I so I would think that the, the Jaguars should be in the market for a wide receiver somewhere in this draft as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like those are the big names. Any other ones that that come to mind that that are worth mentioning at this point? I mean, we've covered we've covered a lot of the the guys um, that are going to be sort of the big like Michael Pittman, mm-hmm. Rager, Ayuk. I mean. I think we've covered most of them right. and you know, you, you never know when, when a, a Terry McLaurin is going to, you know, sort of happen depending on where he lands. And, you know, there's our guys out there that are good in college and go to the pros and, and become superstars. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like we've done a pretty good job and we we've covered, we've covered right around the top 10 
wide receivers uh, yeah. at this point who – and it's a great class. It really is. It's a great class. Yeah. It's going to be – it's going to be fun to watch where uh, where some of these guys go. And again, I think people need to to recognize that when it comes to the wide receiver position, we're not so much looking at immediate gratification. We're more or less looking <laughs> at what can these guys do maybe in the second half of the season? Maybe right. what can they do down the line, you know, long term? Um, you know, uh, I guess I, we forget about Chase Claypool to a lot out of Notre Dame, whether or not he's mm-hmm. going to play tight end or wide receiver. At the next level, I mean that that sort of remains to be seen. That's another that's another player uh, to to watch too. Uh, KJ Osborne out of Miami is another one too. But uh, we we've covered most of the most of the big names. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's funny too because you know it used to be once upon a time we talked about wide receivers in their third year making the impact. That sort of moved up to its second year, second and now year, I think yeah. now I think you know we. I think sometimes we forget that it does take some time to develop because we want everybody to come in and it be does. amazing. There, there is, there's no coincidence that the the position that typically will make the biggest fantasy impact from a rookie perspective is running back because right. running back is an. E- I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know poop on anybody who plays running back because I love running backs, but listen, it's it's a lot easier to play running back from from college to the pros than it is to you know go and play wide receiver. And suddenly you're, you're you're getting defended by you know these freaking guys who are superior in terms of their athletic ability to to guys that people were lining up against in college. You no, know, and if you're a running back, get the football from the quarterback. You find the hole, you dart through it, you catch the ball out of the backfield, that kind of thing. And yeah. also volume is also going to be key too. And rookie running backs, if they're good enough, are going to see volume. And, and a yeah. lot of times, again, AJ Brown from last season sort of being kind of an outlier. Uh, the wide receiver position has a little bit of a, a bigger learning curve. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. Um, a quick note here as we uh, get out of here. Uh, normally we are Tuesdays and Thursdays. You guys know that. But uh, this week, because the draft starts on Thursday, we will do one on Friday. We'll kind of recap some of the guys that go off the board in the first round, talk about where uh, they landed and what this means for their fantasy futures and for the futures of uh, some of those guys around them on the teams that they were drafted to. So uh, it'll be an extra day. Uh, until you get your next one Friday instead of Thursday mm-hmm. for that one. Before yes. we go, though, Marcus. Yes. Eddie, I got to see the hair, man. Come on. Take that thing off. I got to see it. Let's Uh-oh. see. It. Come on. I want to see it. All right. I'll do it. Come for on, caveman. I want to see it. Look at <laughs> Come on. Oh, looking look good. Look it's looking pretty good. Glory. Oh, my goodness gracious. Boy, I remember having a hairline like that. Look at this. Yeah, like like I said on uh, a few pods ago, I just did not trust my girlfriend to do. Well, she, <laughs> but, but it she looks the, good. She like fear in me. Hair. No, I I understand that, but it's I don't know. It, it's at the point where it's like I don't I never leave it this long. Uh, and the minute that my girlfriend was like, ah, I'm unsure about cutting it, I was like, all right, if you have any doubt, then I don't want you to touch scissors to to my head. So I'm just like riding this thing out and and using headbands and hats uh, every day. Oh. So it's. Get clippers. Fun. I got clippers off of eBay. My girlfriend cut my hair. Okay. <laughs> I know like it's really short because that's what I said. Just cut it short. I don't care. But we, she also cut Matthew's hair and it mm-hmm. looked, like it's short, man. It looks good. What are you going to do? You can't leave. You can't get a haircut until at least May 15th. Right. At least, at, at least May 15th. And I'm thinking yeah. the way that these, that, that, you know, the governor of California and, and the mayor uh, Garcetti are going, hell, we're, we're going to, we're going to be into June. Right. 
I may have a ponytail. Who knows? Oh my god. <laughs> That oh, would be something man. to see. That would be something no. to see. All right. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, knowing the difference between antidote and anecdote can save lives. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.